You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so Bezras Hashem, we're going to continue with our Parsha Shir. And we're going to try and think, talk a little bit about Parsha's Tazria. And again, in the aspect of living with the times, like the Balatanya teaches us, which means that the Parsha is meant to transform our lives in one way or another. It's meant to give us a tool, a way of looking for the incoming Shabbos, for the incoming week, of how to be mitmodeid, how to face reality with this Nukuda of Torah, with the Chiddush Torah from the Parsha. That's what it means to live with the times, where the Torah continues to be a medicine even in the later generations. So in Parakid Gimel, Pasukid Gimel, okay, Parakid Gimel, and, and we don't typically darshan these things, but Parakid Gimel is the 13th Parak, and Pasukid Gimel is the 13th Pasuk. So Yud Gimel obviously represents Echad, Ahava, and Echad within the Echad, 13 within the 13, which is also the Gematria of 26, is the, the deepest expression of Echad. So it's the Achdus within Achdus. It's a teaching that teaches us a secret of Achdus that is even deeper than Achdus itself. It's the Achdus that reveals itself even in, even in the place of Pirud, as we're going to see. So it's the, the Perak Yud Gimel and Pasuk Yud Gimel. So, Pasuk says, Vera Kohen Vine Kasta Tsaras is called Basro Asanaga. So what the Torah is discussing is the, the sickness, the punishment, the spiritual sickness, the totsa'a, the outcome of certain experiences in life, lashanhara, rechilas, certain ways of, of living, certain chata'im, transgressions that lead to tsara'as, that lead to this disease called tsara'as. And while the Torah sets up the devastation that comes along with Sara'as and the Tummah and the frightening things that come along with it, the Torah also gives us the Rafua. it gives us the solution already in describing the problem, which is that you can bring the Sara'as to the Kohen. That even though there's going to be Sara'as in the world, even though there's going to be this aspect of a blemish, leprosy, a disease, an unnameable condition in each and every person's life, that emerges spiritually and manifests physically as, uh, as you know, anxiety teaches us so well. But, um, but this tsara'as, this nega tsara'as also comes with the solution already in hand, which is to bring it to the Kohen. Now the Kohanim, the Kohanim are the Tzadikim, the Kohanim are the Tzadikim, the Kohanim are Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu, Klal Yisrael, but the MS, it's the Giloi of Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron and all the Kohanim but it's the holiness of Moshe Rabbeinu that's mispashed throughout that order of tzaddikim, where you can bring the blemishes, you can bring the heaviness, the burden, the baggage, whatever it is, to the Kohen to look at it, to see what the status of, of the disease is, to, to check in, to see what condition the condition was in. And, 
And the Kohen, the Kohen Gadol, this Kedusha of, of Re'iyah HaKedusha, of holiness, of a way of seeing, of a way of looking at the world that doesn't see Tzara'as, that recognizes there's Tzara'as, there's a blemish, there's a sickness, everybody is sick. But Be'emes, within the sickness, there's also a cure. Within the sickness, there's also health. And it's the Koyach of the Kohanim HaGadolim, the Tzadike Emes, the Tzadike Yisoyed Oilim, who have the ability to see the sickness of an individual, to see the sickness of a generation, to see the sickness of a world, and to be Melamed Tzchus on that, to, to teach us how to see good in the world. How with all of the Bilbulim and all of the different Saras of our lives, that Be'emes, there's a way towards Tahara. Ah, sometimes you might have to be bebedido. Sometimes a person has to undergo the process in which tsaras is dealt with, different variations of tsaras and different punishments, so to speak, and tikkunim and different things. But ultimately, the kayak of the Kohen is, is to only see good. Is to only see good, like Rav Kook, teaches us, the Kohen Gadol, that the Kohanim were not allowed to look at Misa. They were not allowed to be metabah themselves to Misa because the Kohanim, the Tzadikim, are those idealists, those holy idealists who see the world as it should be, and in truth as it is at that very moment. They see the world in the, in the holiest, most refined way imaginable. There's no shvira like the Tzadikim teach us by the, the eyes of the Kohanim Hagadolim, the eyes of the Tzadikim Sadolim, there's no shvira. Sure, there's a tsaras, it's a negat tsaras, and there's richuk, and there's kiruv, and there's all of the tikunim and the bilbulim, but be'emes, the job of the kohen is to be metahir that tumah, to be megala, that it's only by descending into the possibility of tumah that a person could be megala, the truest form of tahara, which is the koyach of the kohen gadol, of the tzaddik yisod oilam, to not only see kedusha and pure holiness, but to see the possibility of a descent into distortion and impurity and to descend into those particulars and to say, no, even though there's a tsara'as here, a tsar tough, a tsar tough, the pain of, of that level, that, that pain of that level of, of tough, of the lowest possible expression of the Aleph Beis, those 400 men of Esav, that, that pain that emerges when a person experiences the tsara of tough, the, the lowest possible experience of, of pain associated with the, the tough, the lowest letter, what the tzaddike MS do is they reveal that really at the level of the tough, at that low level of the tsar tough, a person has the ability to be megale, the person has the ability to be megale, the tes almin de kisufen, the 400 worlds of desire, that place of atik yoimin, that is specifically the Kohen engaging with tuma and saraas and all of the different things that they have the ability of being Megala, the truest Shairish of Kedusha and Achdus, which is taking all of the details and the, and the fallings and the descent into that impurity, the Kohen is able to be Megala, that in truth, it's all part of an Achdus HaKoyleles. So what the Kohen sees, and the Kohen sees this Tzara'as, and there's certain symptoms that come along with this condition, physiological symptoms as they manifest, and obviously they mean spiritual things as well as the tzaddikim talk about, but the Pashat Pshat, the Kohen was looking at the, at the disease, at the sickness on the individual. And one of the signs of sickness, one of the signs of a blemish is that there were white spots, there were white areas, there were tzapachas, there were blemishes, there were blisters, there were skin lesions, there were signs on the skin. And one of the marks of impurity was the whiteness. And so the Pasuk comes along over here in Pasuk Yud Gimel, and it says, so what happens, what happens when the entire body turns white? When the entire body of the blemish turns white? It's not just spots of white. 
it's when it's no longer discernible that it was anything but those white dots of impurity. I no longer see the underlying possibility of health in this scenario, says the person with the tzaras. Everything is white. A sign of white is a sickness. Kula white, there's nothing left. There's no possibility of hope here. There's no possibility of understanding the or of the tzaddik, of the or of the tzaddikim, the re'iya hakadosha, that holy vision of the tzaddikim, of the kohanim hagadolim, of the mashar se'elyon, who see a world that is good and is tahor, and is positive and is moving forward in every moment and is not a world of scarcity, but rather a world of enoughness. And, 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 and the Kohen Gadol shows us how even when something is truly white, fully white, and it appears that there's no more possible room for hope, it's specifically there that there's a, there's a tikkun, there's a yesh inyan sheyitapecha kol, it's specifically in the ultimate whiteness of the experience of that symptom, of that simon of Tumah, of that simon of Rechuk. It's specifically there when it appears that there's no hope left because there's nothing that remains the way it should anymore. It's specifically there that we announce through the Kayach of the Tzadikim, through the Kayach of the Kohen Gadol, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu and his Torah HaKadosh or Megala, that it's Kulo HaFachlahon Tahorhu. When it's totally bad, when there's seemingly no longer any residual spark of goodness in this situation, in this moment of tsaras, specifically there that tzaddikim teach us to see the good, to see the kedusha, and it's tahorhu, it's tahorhu, it's tahor al yidehu. How is it purified? It's purified through the darga of hu, which is the ability to scream out HaKadosh Baruch Hu by way of distance. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you're something distant, it's hu. It's, a, it's an other. It's not, it's not a thou, it's, a, it's an other. And that darga of who is the darga of atik. It's understanding HaKadosh Baruch Hu by way of a distance. It's by understanding HaKadosh Baruch Hu specifically when he appears absent. It's not ata. Ata is when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is right in front of me, you. It's you HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the hargasha that the Kohanim HaGadolim always have. And that's what a Jew is capable of experiencing when they're not Balei Tzaras. But in the absence of the Atta, when a person is about Sara'as, when there's a Sagiru Dinahurin, like the Zohar Kaddish tells us, there's a departure of the lights of Chachma. A person no longer has a sense of a cohesive whole in that moment of Sara'as. person sees only differentiation, separation between individuals, which leads to the notion of jealousy and infighting, which is the cause and the ultimate source of Lashon Hara. It's only because I think another person has the possibility of impinging on the Kedusha and the Tara that are wrote you for me as an individual in this Metzius. If only I understood that nothing can be taken away from me other than what a Kaddish Baruch Hu gives me, there would be no possible reason of speaking Lashon Hara. Like Rabbi Nachman teaches us in the Sipur of the Chacham and Tam, this is his thing, that's their thing. And, and furthermore, what value is there in speaking about another person? Kavachoymer speaking negatively about another person. That only happens when a person feels distant and separate and, and singular in relationship to the other, to the, to the friend, to the nakuda of a friendship, of a, of a spouse, of a rebbe, of, of Torah, of whatever it is. With the wisdom of Chachma, with the re'iyah of the Kohanim, everything is singular. I might not be the same as the other person, but, but what good would it be to talk about another person? Like the tzaddikim say, what, what can I possibly lose by judging the situation favorably? What can I possibly lose out on in this world by not choosing to see the good in this moment? 
but when we lose the vision of Chachma and we fall into a place of Tzara'as, that Sigiru Dinuhurin, that closeness of the lights of Chachma, I see disunity and I see pressure and I see that this person can take from me somehow or that that person's experience or that person's opinion on something can somehow affect me in an ontologically negative way. And that's the Sharish of Lashon Hara. That's the Sharish of Lashon Hara, loss of Chachma. And it's specifically in this place of Tzara'as, in this loss of Chachma, in this Pirud, in this ability to talk in Lashon Hara and, and to feel pressure from another person or to feel that some human force can take away what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants me to have or to give me what HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't want me to have. That Shairish of Lashon Hara, the Kohen Gadol comes and he fixes it. So what does it mean to be Kulo HaFach Lavan? Now Kulo HaFach Lavan in this context seemingly implies that there's no, there's no remainder of holiness. There's no remainder of holiness. It's something that is completely devoid of spirituality. There's no possibility of redemption in this moment. And so this idea, which is obviously an unfathomable concept, how could there ever be something that is devoid of the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu entirely? We spoke about this by, by Amalek. As Rav Tzadok says, the entire joke of Amalek is the notion that there could possibly be some entity that exists without any connection to godliness. And therefore, the erasure of a malik is the recognition that there could never be such a thing that is devoid completely of the animating light of a Kaddish Baruch. And when I realized that, I'm the Vatala Malik because I realized that a malik can't exist. It's an impossibility. And so, too, complete Sara'as, complete Toma without the possibility of Tara, is obviously an impossibility at the get go. That's axiomatic. But uh, uh, in appearances, it appears that this situation of, of Kulo HaFach Lavan, it's entirely bad. Now there's a machlokas, or a seemingly machlokas in the Makubalim. It's obviously not a machlokas. It's obviously not a machlokas, but it's an Elu Elu Divrei Lekim Chaim, as we're going to see from the Leshem. But as we know, there's 50 gates of understanding in the world. There's 50 pathways of experience in each and every scenario, 50 strengths of the soul, 50 ways of looking, of understanding one thing from another, of, of entering into experience at any given moment. And we're told that all of them were given to Moshe Rabbeinu except for the 50th one, or lacking one. And we also know that there's a spiritual principle, at least on a, a revealed level, that Zelumat Zelumat that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when it comes to the expression of holiness in this world, it needs to come about by way of a resistance that comes about from a seemingly oppositional force of negativity. That that tnua, that movement that comes about specifically in the confrontation between the possibility of seeing HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world and the possibility of there being something opposite of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's the way Bechira is set up so that there appears to be zel umatzeh, there's equal footing to good and evil in the world. Now that's an appearances, obviously, as we're going to see. But just as there are 50 gates of understanding on the side of good, there's also something referred to as 50 gates of, of negative. The nun share hatuma. The nun share bin are associated with tara. They're associated with holiness, ways of entering into holiness. And corresponding to that, there's also nun share tuma. And the question ultimately is, just as we have on the side of holiness, a 50th level of understanding, which is inaccessible 
that 50th gate of Tahara, which is the essence, so to speak, which is perpetually beyond our grasp, yet infinite in all forms of infinitude. That experience of the Shahanun, which is the experience of the Keser, which is the experience of Atik and Radla, and the highest level of, of understanding ultimately that Tachlis Ayadiya that ultimately it's a Hasagab Shlila, that Shahanun, which gives us what we're yearning for by way of not having it. And just as that 50th gate of holiness is associated with the highest rung that we can possibly reach on a certain level, so too, correspondent to negativity, there would be such a, such a concept of the 50th gate of impurity. Some, some standalone entity, God forbid, some separation in the source, some actualized form of evil or negation. And so according, according to the Ramak, According to Rav Moshe Kodavaros, in the Pardes Arimonim, so there seems to be something referred to as the 50th gate of impurity. Whether it's associated with Amalek, whether it's associated with something else unfathomable or so abject that a person can't think about it. There's a 50th shar of impurity. And this is what's explained when the Jewish people were stuck in Mitzrayim, and they couldn't tarry. They couldn't wait any second longer. They had to run as fast as they could. Why? As the Orchayim points out, that Klal Yisor on the 49th gate of impurity, when they were in Mitzrayim, in that concealment, in that place of Tzara'as, in that absence of Chachma, in that place of Badad Yashav, in the Midbar, prior to the, the acceptance of the Torah, in that place of wilderness, of lost and bewildered wanderings, that bedidus, that isolation, that, that separation, et cetera, et cetera. Had they tarried any longer, they would have descended into the 50th gate of impurity and they would have never been capable of ascending out of it. And so according to the Ramak, it seems that there is such a thing as the 50th gate of impurity. That a place where the Jewish people would go down to and they wouldn't be able to return, God forbid a place so low, so impure, so deficient that they wouldn't be able to fix themselves. Comes along the Vilna Gon, and the Vilna Gon says, you know, obviously with all prerequisite, you know, modes of recognition of the tradition and the godless of, of the Ramak, and how careful a person would ever have to be to, to even talk about the Ramak in a way that, that there was a machlokas. But what the girl points out is that there's not, there's not a 50th shah of Tumah. There's not a 50th shah of Tumah. Because how could it possibly be, how could it possibly be that there could be a standalone entity, a level of experience that is irredeemable? A moment in one's life that is not deeply and inherently fixable. How could it possibly be that there could be a wasteful moment in this world? How could it possibly be that equivalent to the level of Kedusha and Bittal and self-nullification that one experiences when they come to the recognition that they can never know anything at all, that Sharnun of Bina, that Sharnun of Tahara, how could it possibly be that there's a, a co-occurrent force in negation on that level? No matter how high along the rungs of the spiritual progression goes, on the level of Tzimtzum and Kav even, Yes, the kav and the tzimtzum expression and, and regression are on equal footing on a certain level, but always the light is chesed and or. 
So how could it possibly be that there could be this notion of negation, this notion of a place that is devoid of the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? And comes along the Lashem Shoev Achleima. Rav Shlomo Al-Yashiv whose yard site was last night, yesterday and the night before. Lashem Shoev Achleima, that or of, of the Tzaddik, that or of the Kohen Gadol, who's able to look, nobody like the Lashem, looked at the negation and saw only positivity. The Leshem is chad bemino in this, especially in all of the Leshem's writings. Nobody, other than perhaps the Mitla Rebbe on a certain level, at least in my humble opinion, goes as deeply into the sugi of gevuros, of difficulty, to reveal that even in the, the lowest place, there's, there's the ability to fix. The Leshem comes along and he settles this machlokas. He says that when the Ramak says that there's a 50th shar of Tumah, and the Gros says it's impossible that there would be a 50th Shar of Tumah. They're not arguing, but they're saying the same thing. Svedinim. Svedinim, it's two expressions of the same ultimate truth, which is that there is and there isn't the 50th Shar of impurity. And how could it be? How could these two co-occurring oppositional sentiments go hand in hand? So the Leshem says it must be that what happens at the 50th Shar of impurity when a person hits the very bottom, when a person hits the lowest possible imaginable place, a person doesn't fall, God forbid, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals himself in such a way to that person in that experience that it basically nullifies Bechira, it nullifies, it nullifies the, the game. HaKadosh Baruch Hu would, would reveal himself in such a revealed way as an emergency revelation, so to speak, of, of the true un, undying, infinite presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in every imaginable thought concept. Every imaginable thought concept. There's no place devoid of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's no place to void. There's no place to void. Even Bishal Tachtas. Lo irara ki ata imadi. Lo irara ki ata imadi. Even in the Begate Salmavis, in the lowest place, there's no, there's no Rikhak from Akadish Baruchu. And so, Zakta Leshem, what happens is that as you descend into Shah Hanun, at that very moment, the very descent into the Shah Hanun of Tumma is the revelation that there could be no such thing as a Shah Hanun of Tumma. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Megala himself there. And at that point, it's Kulo HaFachlavan Tahor Hu. At that point, if a person, God forbids, finds themselves, and, and we always find ourselves in our, in our own individualized way, each person according to the conjecture of their own heart, we experience that tarrying. I can only speak for myself between the 40th gate of impurity and the 50th gate of impurity. Chidush Arim says that David Malcolm Shicha and Shlomo Amelech love to walk a line, walk along the boundaries of heaven and hell, Gan Eden and Gehenim. That's where they love to spend their time. Gan ki elich begeit samavis lo irora kiati madi. Lo, I mamshich that darga of lo. No, there's lace asar panemine. There's no place devoid of him. Nothing. It's the low de album. It's the low of the osios of the Olam Hamalbush, which we're going to be discussing, Bezra Hashem. It's the Tachlis Eidiya Shaloneida, and in that place, the moment a person descends into the Mitzias of a Sharanun of Tumah, like the Shita of the Ramak, 
it memela yispardu kopalayavin. It disappears immediately, and then it's like the sheet of the grow, which says, no, it can't exist. Because when the bottom drops out and a person recognizes that HaKadosh Baruch you're here with me no matter what. Hinini Baruch Mimcha Elecha, as the Python says. I run away from you to you. Lace Asar Pani There's no place devoid of you, HaKadosh Baruch Up, down, right, left, with Saras, without Saras, in Bedidus, in Kihila. That HaKadosh Baruch is with a person no matter where they find themselves. And at that low place of Shar Nun it's Mescala that at that point the bottom drops out and all it is is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And in that moment it's Huva Elokoyin and it's, it's Kula Tahar Hu. When a person finds themselves there they recognize very immediately that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is everywhere. There's no escaping HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Like Rabbi Nachman taught us that the Iker is Mebeten Sha'ol Sha'avasi. I cry out to you from the abyss HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I cry out to you from that place. And again, HaKadosh Baruch Hu should help us on every single level of Nochshava, Dibor, and Maisa, spiritual and physical, to allow those Nekudos and pockets of experience in one's life, which are described, relatively speaking, using the spiritual terms as Memta Sharituma, Nun Sharituma. Halavayit should be the simplest and the least and the least negative experience imaginable. But we already know from Chazal, Ad Teichan what is the irreducible remainder of Yisurin? What is the lowest possible measure of Yisurin that a person can experience this bechina of falling down into the Sharnun of Tumah to reveal that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is also there? A moment of Yisurin is when I want one thing and I don't find that thing. That's enough to make a Jewish person in this world go crazy. And that should be the nun sharitum of a person's life. Halavai, a person has to continue and we have to continue going lamala lamala. The ikr is always to go lamala lamala. It's never a question of yurida. There is no yurida. There's just yurida within an aliyah. And yurida that's magala an aliyah. Or yurida that can take infinite centuries or however long it takes for that yurida to be matukan. But everything is going to be matukan. There's nothing that's not matukan. Rabbi Nachman tells us that there's a Torah, this is in the 12th Torah of Lukut Maran, that there's a Torah of Ayeh. Now the Torah of Ayeh is referred to by Rabbi Nachman as the Torah of the Maimur Sassum. It's the Torah of the concealed, the concealed utterance. Sorry. And the Torah of the concealed utterance is the Torah and the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that animates even those lowest places imaginable. Those pockets of space in our lives that we feel can't be fixed or that are you know, too heavy to carry. Or those moments in life that you know, I can't, I, I can't. I can't have more patience. I can't get up. I can't make that Nikud of Bechira. The whole Taklas Habriya, Rabbi Nachman says over and over and over and over again echoing the words of the Rambam, that the Tachlis is Bechira. Everything is for the sake of Bechira. Everything. And, and, and we can be Boicher, we can be Boicher, says Rabbi Nachman. We can be Boicher to uncover the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in that low place, in that place of Ayeh. In that low place of Ayeh Mekayim Kavoido. Where is your glory, HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Where is your glory? A person falls into those nun shari in their lives. A person falls into those moments of kulo hafach lavan, and they think they're lost, and they think everything is over. Unbeknownst to them, that's the opportunity to reveal that that tahor hu, 
that through the light of who, through that light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's elevation, we have the ability to be Megala that, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is there. And the way to find that light is to bring it to the Kohen. The way to find that light is to scream out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. To scream out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, where are you in this moment, HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Like Rav Tzadak HaKohen Meleblin teaches us in the Kutima Amarim, that the very notion that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is absent in this moment is already the cry out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu to reveal himself. And in that moment, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was revealed. Like Rabbi Nachman teaches us that Kushya is the Roshe Tevos of Shema Hashem Kol Yakra. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu, hear my voice. I'm crying out to you. And in that moment, it's Kulo HaFachlavan. In that moment of screaming out, Ayyei Mekom Kavodo, bringing it to the Kohen and saying, it's all white. It's all white. Chazal used this Gemara to teach us that, that Ben David doesn't come until there's absolutely nothing left on certain, in certain areas, until there's absolutely nothing left. Malchus, until there's absolutely nothing left. And the proof text towards that is this Pasuk of Kulo HaFachlavan Tahorhu. In the moment that it appears most dark, that's the moment that the light is going to be revealed. At that moment, that's the Raya. The raya that Mashiach ben David is only going to come at that very last moment when things appear to be irredeemable, where things appear to be kulo chayev. At that moment, we have the ability to uncover that in the deepest recesses of kulo chayev is the screaming voice that cries out from every ayeh and sai, which is kulo zakai. It's all good. It's, it's kulo tahor. It's kulo tahor. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is with the person no matter where they are. This is the Indian also of Parshas Chodesh. Parshas Chodesh is the recognition, as Rav Tzadok tells us, and all of the tzaddikim tell us, that Bnei Yisrael consider themselves counterparts to the moon. Not to the fullness of the sun, but to the deficiency of the moon. The recognition that even in the lowest place, Gam it's specifically in that place that I have the ability to be Megala, that, that Kulo Tahor. It's all Tahor, each and every person on their own level. How does one become Tahor? How to get to Tahara? That a person has to speak to themselves and speak to Kaddish Baruch and speak to their Rebbeim and their guides in life. But everybody has the possibility to be Tahor. Everything is Kulo Tahor. And that's Parshat HaChodesh. Parshat HaChodesh comes to teach us that it's specifically in the diminution of the moon to the point that it no longer appears to be anything other than its own absence. It's specifically there that the strength recedes into itself, it retreats inwards for the sake of revealing itself with a, a, a more intensified force. It's only in that Nun Shari Tuma where it's Kulo HaFachlavan that a person has the ability to be Megala, that here too, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you're here. Gevalt, you're here also. You're here also, like the Tzaddikim tell us that in the future we're going to have the Suda of the Lavyasan where everyone's going to point in the circle and say, Zashem kivinu lo, this is a Kaddish Baruch Hu that I knew I had, even in darkness. That there's going to be a Rikud Gadol, there's going to be a tremendous dance amongst the Kohanim, amongst the Tzadikim. There's going to be a profound schok in the world. And the question that the Tzadikim ask is, where on earth is there going to be space enough for such a, for such a dance? And all of the Tzadikim announce at once, they say, Gehenim, it's in Gehenim that we're going to dance. Because in that moment of the revelation, when a person falls into Gehenna, God forbid, they have the ability to reveal that it's Gan Eden there also. Lo imadi. Gam ki lo imadi. 
Maharal Skulsiganalinu tells us that Gehenim is Heedar, it's absence. And like we said in the name of Rabbi Nachman, in the Torah of Ayeh, in the name of Rabbi Rav Tzadok, in the Torah of Lukutei Ma'amarim, with regards to the Shiro Sakhalim and the residual voice and echo of Kedusha that emerges specifically by the questioning voice that seeks its appearance. That that very, that very refining voice that cries out is the revelation that even in Gehenna Makadish Baruch Hu is here. Even in He'eder, there's presence. The Said Yisharim tells us that Chazal tell us that Gimel Piskin the Gehenim. There's three entrances into Gehenim in this world. And what the Said Yisharim says is Gevalt. We see from here that there are openings and ways to get out of Gehenim. There are openings in Gehenim. It's open there in the wide open space. That's where the dance is going to take place. As Chazal tells us, just as the, the praise and, and the revelation of a Kaddish Baruch Hu emerges from Gan Eden. So too it emerges from Gehenim. It comes from that place as well. That yes, HaKadosh Baruch revealed himself and through the Kav and through that Gila of Orin Sof and hope in this world and it doesn't reach the bottom of the Halal as the Arizal tells us. It doesn't hit that place of the bottom of the Halal yet. Nevertheless, in the future it's going to be revealed at the bottom of the Halal as well. That We say this by Shalashudas at the highest point. At the Gilu of Atik Yoyman, we say, What, what shaykhs is there to fear at the place of Atik? What shaykhs is there to fear and anxiety in the place of Shalashudis? That's the Hasaga. Tahorhu, the, the Gilu of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's revelation in our lives is our capacity to deal with the Eridos in our lives, to come to the Kohen, to believe that even if it looks ab abundantly white, even if it looks like an Akud of Gehenim, I can still find HaKadosh Baruch Hu there. As Rabbeinu teaches us that this whole world is Gehenim because every place is an opportunity to reveal Gan Eden. I have uh, the schus of one of my teachers and friends, David Landy, Zalava Shalom. When I, when I went and I, I spoke in, in Rinat, I got a book. Fay Landy's, his Rebetzin, gave me a book from, from David's library which was a book, uh, a compilation of Hasidish stories, and it was titled Biyom Shenolet HaBalshemtov Nisrafu Gehenim. That the day that the Balshemtov was born, Gehenim burnt out. It, it stopped working. And there's a Maisa, and it's brought down, it's brought down in footnotes in Chabad Hasidus as well, um, which is an essential source when it comes to stories. That on the day that the Balshemtov was born, on the day that the Kohen Gadol was born, on the day that that light of the tzaddikim who can look at the deepest tummah, can look at the lowest places and still proclaim tahor, tahorhu, like Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai who goes to Ir Tveria to be metaher as tumas misa, this is the avoid of the tzaddikim, to be metamer tumah, to reveal that it's kulo love and everything is beautiful. What are you worrying about? Everything is good. Like Rabbi Nachman says, and what are you worried about? There's nothing to worry about. And, and the day that the Baal Shem Tov was born, that hell burnt out, it stopped burning. And the Malachim came to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and they said, Rabbi we need Gehenim in this world. You have to have a, at least an appearance. You have to keep up the joke of Gehenim and Gan Eden coexisting as one another, because in truth, they're the same thing. But we have to keep it up for Bechira, like we said. So we, we need Gehenim. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu thinks for a second. And he says, okay. New the, the the air or the malachim say 
the air of Gan Eden has grown stale. So let's take the original air of Gan Eden and put it in the place of the original Gehenim. And we'll draw down new air for the Gan Eden itself. That's the Misa. So, so on a certain level, what this Misa means, what this Misa means is exactly what we're saying, that uh, you reach the Darga of Kulo, of Kulo Hafach Lavan, that the, the bottom drops out, it's revealed, the gig is up, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you're found down here in Gehenim as well. I come to the Kohen Gadol. There's nothing to worry about. I go to the Kohen Gadol. It's not on me anymore. The Kohen Gadol gives us kochos to be metakin and metahar ourselves. The tzaddikim give us their eyes. Like Rabbi Nachman says, that as we see in the Misa of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, that what does it mean that the tzaddik stared at him? The tzaddik gives the eyes, the ability to see themselves through the lens of the tzaddikim amitim, and the individual is able to now see themselves a little bit, their mezachich themselves through going to a tzaddik, and they can see themselves in the mirror for a little bit. And at that moment, the, the heaviness and the awareness of the truth and the intensity of what it means to, to reveal a Kaddish Baruch at that low place, at that low place, that koach is only through the tzaddikim. It's only through the tzaddikim. It's only through the light of the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh to reveal that kulo hafach lavan. It's a heavy thing, but ultimately that's the giloi that the tzaddikim are telling us, that it's specifically at the, at the loss of the moon, at the diminution of the moon, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Megala himself, Be'ezra Hashem. Okay, everybody should have a wonderful Shabbos, Be'ezra Hashem. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Zusha. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.